All right, so he wowed us in January, and now a couple of weeks removed, we get the chance to talk to the Fierce FC Bantamweight champion, Michael Sear. Michael, it is wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for joining us for a little bit of time. And uh, how has life been post uh, getting that that championship belt just a couple of weeks ago? Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been good. Um, of course, the weight cut uh, kind of lowered my immune system a little bit, got a cold last week. Uh, but besides that, I've been great, so... That's, that's unfortunate. Have you been able to get back in the gym? I saw that you got that brown belt, but uh, is, was it like brown belt and then get sick and then you haven't really been in the gym or how's that kind of been? Yeah, it was a few days after that. Uh, but uh, no, I've been it just, I was in one day last week, just, just pretty much to go in there and, and uh, do some jujitsu and got the brown belt and then uh, came back. Um, th this week is, is when I've been coming back today and, and yesterday I've been back in the gym. So feeling a lot better. One of the big things I wanted to ask you about is it seemed like your star and your stock really grew from this specific last fight. I mean, Eddie Bravo shouted you out on his page, but on top of that, like being on MMAfighting.com, all these different big avenues that that noticed your fight. What was that kind of process like? Did it did it surprise you in any way? What was that like those couple of days, maybe 48 hours post post that fight with Yazan Haji? You know, I mean, you don't really you don't really feel it, you know you see some cool stuff, whatever, you know, and that's, uh, it's cool. It's really cool to see Eddie reposting it. Um, he, he reposted one other time when I almost had a twister, which was, which was pretty cool as well. But, uh, this time actually being friends with him on Instagram and, and, uh, having him repost it, that's, that's even cooler. Having to actually know who I am, put a face to the name, name to the face, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been hit, you know, it's a lot of the things that you don't really think about when you're just training hard and you're trying to get to the top you see you see things like articles or, or people reposting and whatnot it's it's cool along the way but something that I, you know it's more surprises me than anything so i do know that eddie has some connection to warrior camp i don't know exactly the extent how did that all come to be yeah we've never been uh warrior camp has never been like a 10th planet affiliate but uh there's a lot of guys who've trained at, at 10th planet gyms at, at warrior camp or like my coach uh my original coach jesse hardenbrook who uh, I started with, uh, he's still at the gym, still coaches. I actually uh, was training with him this morning at the 6 a.m. class. He teaches that one. And uh, uh, Pablo's the head coach of the gym, but Jesse teaches uh, some jiu-jitsu classes. And Jesse, when he was uh, up to a purple belt, I think, was belted through Eddie. There was a 10th Planet affiliate in Spokane years ago. And uh, then, so that's kind of where I got a lot of my background of knowing some of the 10th planet system and, and whatnot, but really these days it's Pablo and, and, uh, one, one of my other training partners, uh, actually two more training partners. Um, but Zach Snyder is a runner up in the last combat jujitsu worlds. And then, uh, Jillian, uh, Jillian Knowles, she's got first took first place in the, uh, Medusa combat jujitsu. So got two teammates that do it. And then of course, Pablo was, uh, in combat jujitsu before that. So Eddie, uh, knows a few a few of us so it's good what do you make of the the combat jujitsu scene obviously it's a big one and it's growing what do you make of it and how does that uh competing in that kind of help you in terms of mma grappling well i mean um it's we've got a it's a tough room when you come into warrior camp and you go to to, to just any, pretty much any class it's going to be uh some high level people there and and it's a fun it's a fun atmosphere everybody's ha having fun but it's also it's a little bit more serious than just say a regular jiu-jitsu gym. So there's already that because there's a lot of MMA fighters and mostly an MMA gym, our jiu-jitsu class is either a lot of MMA guys. There's a, there's still a lot of just recreational people, probably over half, but, um, 
but there's there's a lot of combat jujitsu, you know, MMA, and then also just people that are training and doing tournaments in jujitsu. So it, it makes the room a little bit tougher. And then having that combat jujitsu slash MMA, it's right up the same alley with the type of grappling. So a lot of scrambly guys, not a whole lot of gi jujitsu. We do gi a couple times a week, um, but that's about it. So um, it's mostly no gi and it's, and it was a really wrestling heavy gym for a long time. It still is, but um, you know, Dan, the p- people like Daniel Swain, Josh Reddinghouse, um, Joel Thomas, Pablo was a, was a wrestler. My, my other coach, Jesse Hardenbrook was a wrestler. So it, everybody has jujitsu and has their black belts, brown belts, whatever, but they're also good wrestlers too. So all of that combined together makes for, um, it's good combat jujitsu athletes. And then, uh, it's just a step above that regular, uh, jujitsu style. So some half guard type, uh, techniques and things like that aren't, aren't as, as, uh, as good for it you know you still make a game out of it but it's at least in mma i top half guard is one of the best spots for me for ground and pound and stuff so i really wanted to ask you about that dirt devil submission i'm not gonna lie so i was calling the fight i i didn't know who won the fight up until you got up and put your hands up in the air and i there's a little bit of a delay on the call because i couldn't i couldn't see what the submission was I've been grappling for about five, six years. I'd never seen anything like it. So could you kind of break it down for me a little bit and what you were trying to do? And do you think that Yazin felt it? And then he, like, like how did that all come to be, I guess I should say? Yeah, so uh, I was I was struggling with um, finding a choke. I, I slipped under the chin a couple of times, actually twice. And he, he defended it pretty well, um, getting his back, to, you know, sort of to the mat side and, and getting his head under mine. And so I really wasn't, uh, I, you know, I don't go all in on it. I kind of feel it out and trying to try to get it. I'm not going to squeeze when I don't have, uh, have the choke real solid. Um, I did have the body triangle pretty good a couple of times. And then when I switched sides on the body triangle, um, I got a good lock again on it. And then, uh, one thing that we do, um, my buddy Daniel Swain taught me, um, so with the twister, normally you have the lockdown on the leg, but with that body triangle, it works the same way. A lot of 10th Planet guys do it too, but as long as they turn into the lock side where you have the figure four, um, you can let them turn that way because you can hook the leg and also the, the lock kind of blocks the hip a little bit from, from twisting. So that's where the twisting motion comes in. It's a little bit of a hit or miss with some guys, but for the most part, it it kind of just just like the twister does, it's the same thing, that fire up the spine, it, it sucks, but... Um, you let them turn into that side. I just kind of played with the arm a little bit, let them turn into me. And once they turn, once you get the arm passed by, you just do like a windshield wiper. Once uh, that arm gets passed by, they, they're they stuck both ways. They really can't turn into that lock and they really can't turn back because now their arm's stuck. Um, so I had, them, I had them pretty locked down and then uh, I was squeezing on it. And actually, if you watch back on the video, you can kind of see him, his arm move on the other side. He went to tap at first. I'm pretty sure it was a tap. So I started letting go, and then I was realizing, oh, shit, the referee's not seeing that. So then you see me re-grip and, and pull it again. I feel bad, but, oh, well, it's a fight, and that's what happened. But, um, yeah, so it was it was good. I felt it really tight. I mean, it, that body body lock wasn't going anywhere, so I figured I figured that would do it. And it's safe to say it was almost – it's kind of like a – not definitely not the same type of submission, but it's almost like a buggy choke where it's like you kind of want them to kind of fall into the trap, and then once you get it, then it's it's basically locked in. Yeah, kind of like, uh, kind of like that buggy choke. That's a pretty good example because, like, the buggy choke is kind of a slow burn, takes a little while, but you really get them in there. But yeah, with this one, 
one, you can just let them move into it because a lot of times, I mean, you know how it is you train, but it, once you start sl- turning and you feel like, oh, I can slip through this body. I can slip around. If you go the wrong way, if you go towards the lock size, it's going to be way harder to get out of that. And somebody that knows what they're doing can kind of keep you there. So it's tough. I'm sure you have been asked about this so many times and I apologize for asking, but I just have to ask. What was it like being in the cage, hearing echoes of mullet over and over and over again and getting that Idaho Falls backdrop behind you? Well, coming into it, I kind of knew that I'd be the hometown guy, sort of, even though that's not my hometown. My wife's family's from there. And so we knew a few people down there. I've been down there many times. Um, I've, probably twice a year we go down there. So um, that was the that was a cool thing going into it. And then... I had my wife and and her family there, and then my parents even drove down. It's, a, it's kind of a long drive from up here. It's about seven or eight hours, um, and so it was it was good. I, I had that in the back of my mind that I knew they'd be cheering, but uh, there was a few other people um, having fun with it, and I think I picked the right walkout song. Walking in, people were singing to that, and it's the crowd was kind of just all you know. That was a good crowd. That was fun, and uh, I honestly during the fight, so just knowing that people were going to be pretty excited and and whatnot and i i just it was already a loud crowd and everything but i was so focused that first round was i wasn't too focused and i i didn't hear them at all i didn't hear them actually chanting that uh, normally i'll hear stuff outside the cage the second round's when i did uh when i had his back but i didn't hear it at all in the first round i was i kind of felt weird in that first round but yeah that was cool though <laughs> that is- and right at the end when I, I heard that pop when i when i dropped him uh, it kind of rocked them a little bit. I heard the pop of the crowd that time. I mean, they weren't singing, saying mullet, but they were, they were loud. That was cool. That is absolutely fascinating. I didn't realize that you didn't hear it at first. And then you heard it on the second time around, but yeah. that is, that is so cool. I, so really quick also, uh, with that, just what did you make of Yaz and Haji? Obviously a veteran of the game, a little bit more experienced than you, not a ton, but just a little bit more. Obviously he has gone to the likes of Dana White's contender series, faced some big names. What did you make of his performance and what did you make of you getting a win over him and what that means for the trajectory of your career? Yeah, honestly, um, that was, that, that was a good fight. We had, you know, it's tough to, it's tough to, uh, on your way up, find good fights, um, matchup wise and whatever, you know, it, things just land in your lap. We had, we've had tons and tons of fights fall through, but having a guy with a better record than me is always the goal. You know, the next fight I want to be the the same thing, you know, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. But, um, but th- that was, that was a, a big one for me. I, um, I, think he's pretty good at like taekwondo and stuff i know he teaches at at a, at a school that i saw um and then uh yeah he just he he seemed like pretty pretty good but i was thinking i wasn't sure if he was going to try to take me down i think he thought the same way if i was going to try to take him him down and our game plan was actually just to go in there and to outbox him because we thought my hands would be a little faster and turns out that, that was the case but um it took it took getting through that first round to to find that out one of the big things I've been wanting to ask you is how did you get into a gym? Because my research may not be serving me correctly, but I don't think you've been at this necessarily your whole life. You've been at this for, for a handful of years. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, uh, I think it's uh, six years now. I started uh, in February, uh, so it's like six years almost exactly, but uh, – so the end of February, I think, will be six years for starting jujitsu, and then about a year uh, and a half, maybe a year after that or so, I started um, messing around with MMA and, and hitting the MMA class, and then 
jujitsu kind of carried me through in the beginning um and uh got some got some wins with that and then just kind of ran ran from there did you wrestle taekwondo anything growing up as a kid I, when I was when I was uh, five, so my dad was a, a state champ wrestler in, in Maine, uh, the state of Maine, and um, so he always had wrestling. And well, he found a program out here that was kids wrestling, and so I went and did that uh, from about five to maybe ten years old. I think it was five years, maybe six. Um, I'd have to look back and see, but anyway, uh, yeah, I had fun with that for a while, and then I kind of like lost the the love for it. Didn't really, you know, I I actually pretty sure uh i won all but like two matches or something uh as a kid you know i was i was a small kid i was pretty lightweight i'm sure or whatever but um i had fun with it and it was good but then i started getting into ball sports baseball and basketball and whatever so i did that for high school um i was always fairly athletic i ran cross country you know stuff like that but uh yeah never never did any combat sports besides the little bit of wrestling as a kid uh until then what got what got you back in from ball sports in high school to getting back into an MMA gym years later into your adult life? Um, I was getting I was getting kind of I was just finding something to do and I had nothing to do. So after high school, like I was I had a couple of scholarship offers for cross country because I was pretty fast, but I didn't want to keep running all throughout college and, and whatever. So I didn't do that. And so I was I played baseball locally just on a like a, a men's league and that was fun. And then I stopped doing that and then was like, I gotta find something else. And finally I just uh, I was started watching UFC fight pass a lot and then was like, geez, I gotta I gotta try it. Went into the gym and got my ass kicked at six AM uh by a couple of buddies of mine now. And uh yeah, I just never looked back. I, I had to do jujitsu for I was just gonna go in and do MMA because I was like, I got you know. I'd probably be okay at the ground. I could pick that up pretty fast. And boy, it took a while because yeah, I just got beat up all the time. But then I did start with jujitsu for a while. And then uh, um, doing that, then I could feel competent and not getting submitted and, and whatever all the time. So then I started doing more striking and, and well-rounded MMA. You are such a special talent. And I think for someone who's only been training five to six years, it's it's kind of staggering how how successful you've been thus far, and it's not against tomato cans. It's against good, solid competition who have been training probably significantly longer than you. What do you attribute your successes in the cage to? Considering you probably haven't clocked in as much time as necessarily everybody else in terms of years uh, years along the line. Um, yeah, I'm. Pr- uh, I'm- don't have a lot of like mileage on my body in the combat sports world, which is great. Um, so that, that helps, but really I, I put in so much, I put in, you know, you could say the years, um, uh, that people have of experience, but the hours is really where I think it counts. And I spend a lot of time in the gym, whether it's getting up, it's, you know, for the 6am class and then going to work and then going back in the gym or, uh, on some days and, or it's just like, um, when I have a fight camp coming up and, and things are, I'm getting to the point where I'm training so much more. I kind of have to put the 6 a.m. class on the back burner for a while because I can't get up early and then go to bed late all the time when I'm training that much. And then I'm doing hours and hours just all day long. And um, it, that's really where I think it, it, I've gotten the most from it. And I get obsessed with being good at something that I like. Um, and I definitely like doing jujitsu. I definitely like striking and working with Pablo, working for, with my other coach, CJ Phillips, uh, doing hit and mitts, doing Muay Thai. Pablo has kind of a more boxing, Cuban boxing style with a little bit of um, kicks and knees mixed in. Uh, and then uh, we kind of rounded over with um, CJ and 
been I'm going to be working with him again today, but just finding people to to work with um, and just really loving going in every day and, and trying to beat the guys that are right at my level. And and I've always man getting the tap for the first time on somebody caught him with a triangle. And I was like, oh, man, this is it's like catching a fish. I, you know, <laughs> you want to keep doing it. It's fun. So that that really just keeps me training hard in the gym. Uh, it's fun for me. I, a lot of people say they don't like training, but I, it's one of my favorite things to do as long, you know, get in a fight camp, getting, getting close to the fight and you're getting sucked down and, you know, not eating as much food and that kind of stuff that gets, that sucks a little bit. But besides that, it's freaking awesome. You know, you, you're so humble. You have such a selfless approach. I feel like almost every answer you've given me, you've, you've attributed something to your gym. What is it about warrior camp that separates it from any other gym where you may be or all over the world? Well, we're a small gym with uh, big talent. There's a lot of people that are um, so good, like really, really, really good. And that's why, that's another reason why uh, there's a lot of big things happening from the small gym. You get a lot of personal uh, training from the, you know, the coaches there. Um, Pablo took me under his wing uh, pretty early because one of his rules is show up to to his classes. If you're always at his class, you're not just, you know, showing up to spar on Fridays or on whatever day. Um, if you're showing up to classes and then he sees your progress or whatever, he'll, he'll take you, take you in and hit, hit mitts with you, do stuff like that. And, and they, they, Pablo and Rose, that's where they, they've always been there. Go all in on somebody. Let's say, see that you're all in. They see you all the time. You're a face that's always there. They, they go all in. And that's really what makes warrior camp so good is that, uh, they get the people that own it, the people that run it they're they're all in if you are and so that's that's what happened to me is is just showing up every day working hard i mean it, it feels like i haven't been in there forever because um you know just just starting to get back it's only been two weeks but you know took a, a almost took a week off and then got sick so that's like two full weeks off that I, that never happens for me so um getting back in there is gonna be great you know when we were leading into that fight on my prep so many times just highlighted every which way finish, 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 100% finish rate. And that was the huge thing that flew off the film for me. Obviously, the goal is to get to the UFC, I would say. Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah, for sure. And you always hear Dana White, the, the, the UFC brass, prioritizing that 100% finish rate for these guys who are up and coming. How important is having 100% finish rate going to be as you get closer and closer to your dreams? Well, I think it... Uh it means more to me to win, win that way. I mean, it's like, I, I do the same thing in jujitsu. I don't like the point systems. I don't care. I've lost a couple of times because of points and things like that. Obviously I'm going to go into a fight smart. I'm going to uh, fight with points in mind in a way um, in the striking department and whatnot, but with grappling, I mean, I'm going, I'm going for the submission at all times. It, it's not going to be, I, I went for pro just having the guys back for like two minutes. I went for, I don't know, five, six, seven different submissions. There was one of them that, I don't know if anybody even caught. I just grabbed his neck and started doing a neck crank from the back. I, I thought of it um, while I was weight cutting a couple of days earlier. I, I, you know, I'm trying to get a, a finish one way or the other. And, you know, that's what looks good on uh, on film. That's what looks good on paper. And it doesn't really feel like a win, I don't think. I, if I win in a decision, I, I don't want to stand there and wait for someone else to tell me that I won. I want to win. Last question from me. Have you been paying attention to the field just this last weekend, a huge bantamweight fight, Joel Haro getting his hand raised. I'm just curious, are you paying attention to the field of what's going on in fierce as you are our champion? Are you looking elsewhere? What is your plan for the future for Michael Sear? 
Yeah, well, we had a couple of fight offers happen and, and whatnot. No, nothing really panned out. But I, I did hear you guys talking about uh, uh, Haro, and um, I haven't seen his fight yet. I did see that he won, but I'll probably look that up. That'd be that'd be an interesting fight. But really, I just leave. I've, I've, I've um, I signed with Jason House like a year or so ago, and my stipulation to him was as long as you talk to Pablo and, and you guys are in agreement, you just tell me what to do. I listen to Pablo all the time, and and he's always been right, so I'm not going to stop. You know, If he thinks the fight's a good fight, we're going to do it. And I always say yes. To, if he gives me a call, I just say yes, and that's that's the way we go with it. So we'll see what they come up with. But, yeah, um, if the timing's right, I'd love to come back. I, that was a fun uh atmosphere there in, in idaho falls whether it's there or in uh, utah that'd be fun well he is a special talent and we hope to see him again soon michael sear the fierce fc bantamweight champion thank you so much for the time michael thanks Blake.